and welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. Today we have a really unfortunate episode and I say that because we are going to be discussing Astro World Festival that took place a couple months back and listen the world may be moving on at this point but the families of the loved ones that have passed due to attending this festival, we'll never forget. And the concert attendees will never forget. And we'll always have this trauma. And I think that it's only fair on this show to cover such an event like this when we cover a lot of, we have a lot of fun episodes here and we usually make light of album reviews and music news and so on and so forth, interviews, but just as we have those very upbeat, fun, energetic episodes, it is equally important, at least to me, ethically and morally, to have serious discussions as this one. So it feels weird opening this one up. Normally, I open up super hyped for what we intend to discuss, But it's sad to say that, you know, this tragic event, there is no happy ending here. With that being said, before we get into the details of Astroworld and the festival and Travis Scott and everything that took place, I would just like to take a moment for the concert goers that passed away. There were 10 victims here, 9-year-old Ezra Blount. 14-year-old John Hilgert, 16-year-old Brianna Rodriguez, 20-year-old Jacob Jernick, 21-year-old Franco Patino, 21-year-old Axel Acosta, 22-year-old Bahardi Shahani, 23-year-old Rodolfo, otherwise known as Rudy Pena, 23-year-old Madison Dubisky and 27-year-old Danish Bag. And I just want to give an acknowledgement to these victims that attended this festival and passed away. And with that, I would like to have a moment of silence. Okay, Eric. So, very heavy stuff that we are going to be going through today. 
we have a lot to get through in terms of Astro World Festival. And the reason why I opened it up as saying that a lot of people might be moving on, the world might be moving on at large, but there will always be the families and loved ones, the families, the friends that can never move on from this because they lost a loved one at this festival. And then you have the people that attended that are always going to have this memory and this trauma to bear with them for the rest of their lives. So it's very easy to say like, oh, well, why are you guys covering this now? It happened on November 5th, 2021. It's already been months. It's old news. Uh, First of all, that's extremely insensitive. Second of all, it's not old news to those who were affected by it. And it means a lot to me, as I said before, morally and ethically, to cover this and to give it the same weight that we give all of our other content here on this show. So, Eric, what are your thoughts on everything? Well, first of all, let me echo what you just said. You know, uh, like you said, maybe to some people this is yesterday's news and it's not something worth discussing anymore. But it's the implications that this has that is what's worth mentioning. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, music is full of events like this where there have been large-scale festivals and for some reason or another things have gone completely wrong and it's ended up in, in tragedy and disaster. And obviously nobody, you know, expects these things to happen again or, you know, can predict when these things happen. But the unfortunate thing is that they do. And so when you have an incident like this, as much as maybe you want to move on or forget you can't because you have to take what happens in these incidents, learn from it, and then try to prevent things like this from happening again. And the only way you can do that is if you look back at what happened. So, yeah, I think everybody would absolutely love to move on, especially the the people who are related to the victims who are the most affected. But at the same time, like you said, from an ethical standpoint and professional standpoint, it's important to look back at this so that in the future, more effective steps can be done to prevent this kind of tragedy. That's It's the only way to do it. Yeah, Eric, 100%. And before we get into discussing our personal thoughts about what took place and the aftermath, I just want to break down some facts here. So let's kind of reel it back a little bit. And we'll go over the facts. So the facts are Travis Scott, Astro World Fest. It took place this past November 5th, 2021. It was actually supposed to be for two days. It was supposed to be November 5th and November 6th. The 6th ended up getting canceled because of the events that occurred on the 5th. Now, with this festival, it's an annual festival hosted by Travis Scott. He first launched it back in 2018, which makes sense because that was the release of Astro World, his album that came out the summer of 2018 in August, and then this preceded the album. And that album was massive for Travis Scott because, yes, those who are into rap and hip hop 
have been following Travis Scott for years up until that point. However, for the mainstream and for really just launching his career, 2018's Astro World was that for Travis Scott. It really put him on the map in a huge way, in a massive way. So with the release of his album, he decided that he wanted to have a festival that coincided with that. Hence the name Astro World Fest, and it became an annual thing. So it started in 2018, then he had it again in 2019. Then, of course, for 2020, everything going on with COVID and the pandemic, that year was skipped, but then he brought it back again in 2021, and it took place on November 5th, and it was hosted at NRG Park in Houston, Texas, and it was hosted in Houston, Texas, because that's where Travis Scott is from. So it makes sense. This was an event that was hosted by Travis Scott along with Live Nation. And the capacity was supposed to be 50,000 people capacity. However, clearly that was not the case. The festival ended up being way over capacity. And even with that 50,000 it's pushing it during still very much pandemic COVID times. But we'll, we'll get to our personal feelings in a bit. I just want to continue going over the facts here. So this time around for 2021, he was specifically promoting his yet-to-be-released album now because it got pushed back. But his album, Utopia, the big follow-up to Astroworld. And he actually released two songs called Escape Plan and Mafia right before the festival took place to build up the hype. And as I said, this festival was aimed to promote his forthcoming album. More facts I have here. Ten people died. Those who I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, may they rest in peace. Then, on top of those who passed away, you have over 300 people that were injured and treated at the festival site. And 25 of those people were taken to local hospitals. Due to all of this, you have 1,500 lawsuits that have been filed against Travis Scott and most recently 400 of those lawsuits decided to combine into one giant lawsuit. Since then Travis Scott has lost several brand deals including Fortnite which removed his personalized dance motion uh, otherwise known as an emote for those who play Fortnite. He lost his brand deal with Dior. He was supposed to come out with a sneaker line with them and or clothing that got dropped. Nike, as of now, has completely suspended all collaborations with Travis Scott, which have proven to be extremely popular in the past in terms of his Jordan collection and collaboration with Nike. He's had huge releases with them for some of the most coveted sneakers to sneaker heads, aka sneaker enthusiasts, and that for this foreseeable future has been cut off. And Anheuser-Busch 
for his alcoholic seltzers that he put out, pulled the plug on that as well. So those will be discontinued and uh, all social promo for that has been wiped completely. As well as Coachella, which was major, he was supposed to headline Coachella this year and they dropped Travis and replaced him with Billie Eilish for the headliner. And they dropped Travis because 60,000 people signed a petition and really pushed for him not to perform and not to headline the festival. So some other facts that I have here, going back to the day itself, it was supposed to be a 50,000 cap show, capacity show, but realistically, it ended up being a 70,000 capacity show. And that is because fans of Travis Scott decided that they were going to be completely reckless and they decided to sneak in, start breaking down barriers, hopping fences. And according to the research that I've done, there was already a first injury that took place at 2 p.m. So that's even way before Travis took the stage at 9 o'clock. You have the first injury with a fan trying to break in and that was already reported. Then, before Travis's big stage appearance, they had a 30-minute countdown. And as soon as the 30-minute countdown started counting down, there was a massive crowd surge. So really quick, before I get into even more details about this, the nitty-gritty about his performance and what went on throughout, I just want to specify to people the difference between a crowd stampede and a crowd surge. When people were coming in and they weren't taking no for an answer that the festival is at full capacity and that was not acceptable to them and they started hopping the gate, jumping fences, trying to break down the barriers, rush in, that is considered a stampede because you have several people, you have a group that is charging in one direction and that's how people get trampled because they're going in a forward motion, a mass amount of people all at once, that's considered a stampede. Now when it comes to a crowd surge, the difference between the stampede and the surge is when you have a crowd surge, you have people that are coming from all different directions. And this is where things get even more tricky than a stampede because at least in a stampede, you know everybody's going in a forward motion. But with a surge, you can be indirectly hit from any which way, from your left, from your right, from the back of you, from in front of you, and you're pushed and you're pulled and there is no one way of traffic. And that's how people get squished like sardines. That's how people lose their balance and fall. That's how people have this domino effect of being pushed around and getting hit and swaying from side to side. And that's the difference between the, the stampede and the surge. And that's going to be important information to know as we get into this. Okay, so back to Travis taking stage. 
30 minute countdown, that's when the crowd search begins. And then as soon as Travis takes the stage, you have a full on surge rushing towards the stage. So keep in mind, you already are over capacity from the 50,000 to the 70,000. There was already a stampede at the gate to get in. And now he's ready to perform and take stage. The crowd is already surging. That by the time he does take stage, it's full-blown war in that pit. And when I say pit, I'm not referring to a circle pit. I'm not referring to like a minimal, oh yeah, there's a couple people here, a couple people there. I'm talking about mass quantity. I'm talking about these 70,000 people all trying to rush the stage from different directions at the same time. You really need to have that mental picture going into this to really feel the severity of the situation. So then around 9.30, you have your next reported injury. And notice how I said reported because there are many injuries going on during this time, by this time, because he's already a half an hour into his set. But reported being that they were taking care of this person at this time. And I state that because just eight minutes later, Eric, it only took eight more minutes for the local Houston police, the EMTs, all the medical professionals, to declare this a mass casualty event. Travis ended up playing his full set and the concert ended at 10.15, despite it being considered a mass casualty event at 9.38. So between 9.38 to 10.15, he continued playing his set. He played his full set and closed out the show. And as I stated earlier, because of this, there were over 300 people that were injured and treated at the festival site. And 25 of those people were taken to local hospitals. Now, just to give a brief kind of background, this isn't the first time that Travis Scott has been in a similar situation, maybe not to this degree, but going back in his track record for a minute, you have 2015's Lollapalooza event where he encouraged fans to rage and you had somebody that ended up passing away at that event that was also documented and reported and in 2017 here in our very own New York City at Terminal 5 no less where Eric and I have both been a fan was paralyzed at a Travis Scott show you want to know why because he jumped from the balcony to the ground And was encouraged by Travis Scott to do so. So he jumped and he was paralyzed after that in 2017. And he came out with a statement and said, it looks like he's learned nothing from that event. And Travis Scott has been known, quite frankly, to encourage fans to quote unquote rage which essentially means, for those who don't know what raging means, is promoting rowdy behavior, uh, applauding recklessness. And it shows because his fan base had a complete disregard 
for human safety and uh, each other's well-being. And from the moment that there was a stampede in the entrance to get in to how fans were jumping on ambulances that were trying to get in to save these people that were either injured, fallen, have passed away. And there's ambulances trying to get to these people. And then you have the fans climbing on top of these ambulances and stomping on them and not letting them through. There was a person that climbed a tree. Travis pointed him out and said, shout out to my man up there. Look at him, like clap for him. So it really doesn't help that he is essentially inciting this kind of behavior. And before we get into our personal feelings about all of this information, the last thing that I will leave this off in saying is the very next day, he came out with an Instagram story post talking about the event. It was a black and white video. It wasn't very long. It was just to acknowledge what had happened and that they are going to investigate and look into everything that took place and that they canceled the November 6th date of the festival. And then a month later, he has a sit-down interview with Charlemagne about what took place at the festival. And yeah, I just really want to break all this down with you, Eric. I want to know how you feel. I want to know where your head's at with all this. This is a lot of information. I want to also discuss both sides. I want to play devil's advocate to an extent. And I also want to discuss how we feel our opinions based off of the facts. That's why I took the time to do all this research and to state these facts because we're not just going off of emotional feeling. We're going over everything in this episode based on the facts and what had taken place. And as I said before, more than 1,500 lawsuits have been filed against Travis at this point in time, with the most recent being 400 of those compiling all into one mega lawsuit coming for Travis. And as I mentioned before, he lost a bunch of his brand deals, got dropped from the major festival, one of the most major festivals in the entire world, Coachella, and a couple of other gigs here and there for performances. So now that that's all out there, now that I got through all that information, Eric, tell me how you feel. Well, you're absolutely right that it is a lot to process, but oh man, I honestly feel like, because this is something that has been up for discussion since that whole thing was happening in real time. I remember when it was happening in real time. Me too. You know, uh, that's that's all that was being reported, at least on Facebook, because that's the only form of social media I've got. Just, it, w- it was everywhere, man. I have, yeah, just, you know, I'm on all the socials because of Music Matters. Mm-hmm, and I have, mm-hmm. of course, I have my own personal ones, but predominantly for Music Matters. And it was everywhere, all social media, all over YouTube, all over the news. And that's how we got a lot of the information in real time Mm -hmm, because of mm -hmm. the concert goers that were taking these videos and showing everybody what was going on. Exactly. And then, of course, there are the news reports that you would see on TV. So this was literally inescapable. 
throughout the whole time. And Eric, let me tell you, it's pretty hard to deny a video that you're physically watching what took place rather than word of mouth. Because word of mouth, that could be up for interpretation. That could get lost. Messages can get lost from person to person, like a game of telephone. And there's a lot there that could be loosely based on the truth. However, when you're watching these videos, it's pretty hard to deny what had gone on. And I think that's something that's been, like I said before, something that's been up for debate since this whole thing was happening was who is the most responsible. Who's to blame? Everybody wants to point fingers. And rightfully so. At each other of who should take on the accountability and the responsibility of the lives that were lost, the people that were injured. And in my personal opinion, I'll hear your opinion about it in a bit. And of course, we'll hear about everybody else's. But me personally, I believe that the blame lies on multiple parties here. You know, sure... People have said that because it's Travis Scott's festival, it's his creation, he should be the one to bear all of it. No, he definitely bears a significant amount of it. But in my opinion, everybody does, from the concert goers to the people who organize the event, to Travis, everybody. Everybody has a little bit of responsibility to bear. Travis, because like you said, This isn't his first rodeo in terms of inciting people to just be rowdy, to rage, as you said. He's got a history of doing that. And by consequence, when you've got a history of telling your fans how to act at a show, those fans are going to accept that. And they're going to accept that as normal. And they're going to become used to that. So the next time that they go to a Travis Scott show, they're not even going to question it and they're not going to wait for him to tell them what to do. They're just going to start doing it like we saw at this at this festival. Like you said, they didn't even wait. They just before the show started, you know, rushing the stage. By two o'clock, you already had major issues happening at the front gate. That was before he took stage. That was before any of this happened with the crowd piling together, rushing the stage and going to see Travis perform. That was already right then and there a major red flag of what was to come. Exactly. So he bears responsibility because at that point he had already gotten his fans used to doing that. So, you know, at that point they were already conditioned to just cause destruction. And he is the one that caused that, you know, based on his track record. The reason why I say that the concert goers, not all of them, but the ones who were being rowdy, the reason I say they bear responsibility is because, like it or not, the decision to act reckless at a show is a choice. Nobody's forcing you to do that. Nobody is putting a gun to your head and telling you, do this, do that. That's a decision you make. You can make the decision to be on good behavior and just enjoy yourself and let everybody else enjoy themselves. Or you can make the choice to act irresponsible. And let's call this for what it is. What those people did at the show was a choice they made. And this, unfortunately, is what happened. That's the cold, hard truth. And as for the security personnel, here is where I'm going to do the same thing you're going to do. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a little bit. If I was a musician at a show and there was something going on, I'm probably going to be way too in the moment doing what I'm doing to notice. 
if I was running or had a huge hand in running that event, I would like to know that I can depend on people to tell me what's going on because I can't be everywhere all at once. I can't see everything that's happening and do what I'm doing at the same time. So I would want to be able to have people I can trust to let me know what's going on. Now, granted, at some points throughout his show, Travis stopped because apparently some people had fallen down and so he... Yeah, that was another thing that I put in my notes. I don't know if I mentioned it. If I forgot to mention that part, he stopped approximately three times throughout the show Mm -hmm. because people were passing out and he wanted people to kind of make way for ambulances, medical personnel to come take a look at them. Exactly. So it's not like he didn't do anything, but that was nowhere near, you know, what he should have done. Now, the reason the reason I point the fingers to the security personnel are because, as we have seen in the video, there are people who told security, and not just security, but the cameraman, that something was going on. Yeah, Eric, do you want to go into that a little bit more for those who have no idea what you're talking about in terms of uh, the cameraman and and what was shown in that video? So just as an example, uh, there was this video that went viral online of this young woman called Shauna Faith McCarty. She, according to this ABC News article, at around 9.30 p.m., a concert goer Shauna Faith McCarty climbed onto a camera platform to ask a cameraman to help as the chaos escalated. From what is seen, this poor girl is desperately, you know, yelling to try to completely frantic anybody's attention and nothing. Her cries for help just went completely unheard, drowned out. She got blown off completely. Yeah. And she was one of the just one of the this is just one example of, you know, thankfully the brave people who tried to stop the madness and tried to do something and if i were that cameraman or if i were any of them in that professional capacity i would like to think that it's my responsibility to act and to try and offer help to the people or and this is probably the most important thing to stop the show go to travis and tell him hey something's going on down there you should stop performing completely that's what in my opinion should have been done somebody any one of them should have gone to Travis and told them what was going on. Because like I said, you know, just to play devil's advocate for a little bit, if if you're a musician and you're on stage, you can't keep your eye on everything. There's just way too much going on. And because of that, you need somebody there to tell you what is going on. So just to piggyback off of that real quick, since we're playing devil's advocate, I'll jump in here with my two cents on the side of Travis. With the people in the crowd, there are several videos circulating of people screaming at the top of their lungs, belting for help. Crowds of people within the crowd belting, we need help, you know, we can't breathe. But in Travis's defense with this, as a musician, you have in-ears. So he's not going to be able to hear, unfortunately, these people screaming from the crowd. What he's listening to is his track and singing along to that. So that gets completely drowned out. Not only you have 70,000 people, a sea of people in front of you, that it's pretty much impossible to hear what people are shouting towards you in general. But then on top of that, he has his in-ears on 
and he's as I said he's listening to his track there's no way that he could possibly hear that from the stage because there are videos of people screaming and then pointing the camera back at him and he's still performing and then they pan back to the people and they're still screaming in his defense with that there's no possible way that he could have heard that and that's exactly what I mean it was these you know organizers and cameramen's responsibility to go up to him to stop the show and just to give you a description a first-hand description of what it was like for these concert goers to be concert goers to be stuck in that madness uh, as per the same article I'm reading from, uh, San Antonio resident Fatima Munoz, who's 21, described the domino effect that took place. According to her, I had fell right onto the floor, and that's when everybody started tumbling down, and I tried so hard to get up. There's just too much people on me, like those legit, legit dogpiled on me. I was on the floor. Nobody helped. I tried screaming for my life. I tried screaming for help. And that's just one person. Imagine everybody else, including the victims, who tried screaming for help and nobody heard them. Now, again, I know I just said that, you know, in that regard, the responsibility lies with the organizers, the cameramen, the security. But to bring it back to Travis, again, he's got a track record. This has happened more than once. And... You know, again, like, it's not that, you know, you go into a festival or a show expecting these things to happen, but if you have a track record, you know that you've messed up. You can't hide that from yourself or from other people. So because of that, Travis should have known that something was bound to happen because of the way his fans have acted at concerts before and because of the behavior he himself has incited. And the fact that he just completely ignored all of that and went ahead with this anyway, even after he saw that some people were already needing medical attention, the fact that he still kept going and played the full set. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to get like upset or anything, but did nothing... It is upsetting, though. It really is upsetting. Did, did nothing in him go off and tell him, hey, you know, that's three people that have needed medical attention don't you think there's something wrong or something could be wrong out there why don't you stop the show and check it out first and nothing you know so in my opinion there's blame to go around for everybody because you know everybody had their role to play within all of this and i think it would be unfair to just place it all on travis and as for the lawsuits i mean what else can you say except they're all justified? Wow. Yeah. You know? I mean, anybody reading this when it was first published, it's it's not a great number, but at the same time, it, it was a small number compared to what you said. At the time of this article, it said at least 30 lawsuits had been filed against Scott, concert producers, and the venue. But looking at it now, yeah, my God. Now we're at 1,500. Yeah. And, you know, if people are wondering, you know, uh, is it fair to charge every single one of those entities with those lawsuits? Absolutely it is. And I know that I said, I know that I'm holding the concert go as responsible. But again, you know, the organizers of the events are responsible for the concert goers. You know, this falls under their umbrella of responsibilities. And they're the ones that need to keep the concert goers in check whenever these things happen. I know this because I've seen it myself. It shows you know, uh, 
you and I have both been been to our fair share of concerts. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. We've been through quite, you know, the variety of shows. And we've been through some pretty tight situations, whether that be mosh pits, crowd surfing. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to begin, quite honestly. So to go back to the finger pointing and who is wrong in this situation and who is right uh clearly there is no right because people died people went to go see their favorite artist and enjoy a festival and died and that's the bottom line and no matter what any fan has to say that's what took place that's not my feeling that's not my opinion. That's what actually happened. So because of this, we really have to deconstruct what was going on behind the scenes and what led to the death of 10 people and hundreds of people being injured. And I have a lot to say about this. First of all, there is no one singular person that should take all the blame for this event. So I agree with you on that. It doesn't just purely rest on Travis's shoulders. Because you have a whole team of people, you have Live Nation that helped put on this festival with Travis. And I get that it's Travis's festival. So his name is on the top of the bill. And he's the one who organized it and put it together. However, in terms of everything that goes on behind the scenes to put on an event like that, that was provided by Live Nation. So, yes, he is the face and the organizer and, you know, helping to get other performers to perform at this festival and so on and so forth. But when it comes to the logistics end, that is Live Nation. So, in terms of pointing fingers and saying who's to blame... There are multiple people to blame. This event was so poorly put together and there's really no justifiable reason for why people died. And that's what really hurts the most in this whole entire situation is that this all was preventable. Exactly. It's it's something that... and. This is just the latest example of something like this. There have been other instances in the past where it clearly could have been avoided and nothing was done. So in terms of Live Nation, the event was so poorly put together, so poorly organized that there was just so much wrong from the beginning. There was a severe lack in medical professionals because there were accounts of people that didn't that weren't even trained and didn't even know how to perform CPR and you're there supposedly as an EMT as a professional to help those who may be and and to that point there are so many factors that go into any normal concert let alone a festival there's people that are drinking there's people on drugs there is people that are dehydrated and pass out. So you need to have the proper medical team to be provided at any show, let alone a festival at this size, which is already over capacity. 
So that's another thing right there. The second that people started stampeding at the gate at 2 p.m. because they were fully maxed out and they didn't take no for an answer, things should have been shut down at that point because that was already a major red flag of what was to come later that night. Eric, if they didn't have control at the gate, what did they think was going to happen at night? Exactly. When Travis took the stage. Exactly. Like, how do you ignore such early red flags on in in the day? You know, like, as a, at least from an ethical point of view, you have to, you know, take everything into account. And the minute you see something going wrong, you have to act. You can't just wait for it to, you know, escalate. Yeah. Exactly. So there was a severe lack in security. There was a severe lack in medical attention. It was extremely poorly organized in terms of the layout of the event. This is another important factor that people really need to take into consideration. There needs to be a proper layout to these festivals, especially festivals and concerts in general, of course, because but that's more of a venue issue than anything else. But in a festival, that is up to Travis and Live Nation to organize and coordinate that in terms of the layout. That's in their control because nothing is in place yet, you know? So when it comes to the layout, that was extremely, extremely something that just was overlooked and glossed over because of the fact that there was no points in that crowd of people that was accessible for EMTs, security, police to get in. It was all just a giant sea of people and there were no lanes, so to speak, for people to come in when they needed to come in. Hence, where you have situations like the ambulances literally pretty much driving through this crowd because there is no space for these professionals to get in. So they have to insert themselves. And that right there is another major red flag that the layout was not looked into ahead of time of trying to navigate, okay, there will be a certain amount of people in this section, in that section, in that section. No, it was just one giant sea of people crowd surging to the stage. So once again, Live Nation, that really falls on them. Now, heading into other aspects other than Live Nation, as I said, layout of the festival was poor, lack of security, lack of medical personnel, poor. But then you have the fans. And I I really want to talk about this because this to me is just equally as important as Travis and Live Nation. And of course, I'm going to save Travis for last. When it comes to the fans, is Travis Scott inciting these riots and provoking these fans to act reckless and quote-unquote rage and get super rowdy and have a complete disregard for everything and everyone around them? Yes. My answer to that would be yes. However, to your point, to piggyback off of what you said, Eric, there is nobody physically pointing a gun at their head, so to speak. He's not physically making them do these things. Is he guiding them to do them? Yes. Is he encouraging that behavior? Yes. But only you yourself 
have control over your actions and what you do physically. You cannot blame Travis Scott for these stampedes, these surges. You cannot just say, oh, well, he told us to do that, so we did. Okay, so that that age-old saying, if somebody tells you to jump off of a bridge, are you going to jump? Exactly. And even in, like, obviously this didn't happen, but even in, like, the most extreme cases when, you know, you sign a waiver just completely making yourself vulnerable, again, that's the choice that you make to do that. Nobody forces you to do that. And like we have said, nobody at that concert or any other concert of his that they've ever been to, you know, did anything along the lines of signing a form agreeing to act recklessly or irresponsible. No, that was all them. That was all something that they decided to do because for whatever reason they thought it was cool. And yeah, they they have to own up to this. You know, they need to accept that part of this was because of them. At least the people who went there specifically to act irresponsibly. And what's even more alarming to me is not only the behavior of quote-unquote raging itself, but more so just the well-being and welfare for those around you, for other human beings. That, to me, above all else. If you show up to this festival and you want to act like a wild person that's one thing do you know do I personally agree with that and condone that no but that's your own decision to make that's your choice to make but the second that you see it trickling over and people getting hurt in real time and not only just getting hurt people are dying out there and you're just going to continue to punch people and shove people and step on people and climb ambulances and stomp on the top of the ambulance and not let them through whatever happened for just basic human consideration exactly whatever happened to helping out your fellow concert goers because listen eric i've been to at this point hundreds of shows i can justifiably say i've been to hundreds of shows in my lifetime thus far however never have i been to a show where and i've been to a lot of rowdy shows a lot of rock shows specifically where there's mosh pits and there's crowd surfing and the crowds are super tight and you're packed like sardines but never ever have i been to a show where people have fallen or if they were dehydrated or on drugs or drinking and they pass out that the people surrounding them don't help and don't bring that to the people that are working there and and or the artist's attention to stop the show and to really figure out what's going on right then and there never never in my 28 years of life have i been to a show where that happens and then people just keep going and continuing like everything's okay and they're stepping on people and they're just completely disregarding what's going on exactly like if usually at the shows you and i have been to you know whenever we have seen something like that if one person isn't if one person isn't okay then nothing's okay until we make it okay 
And the cardinal rule, I'm so glad that you said that because the cardinal rule is if you see someone fall, pick them up. Exactly. Help them out. That's the cardinal rule of going to any of these shows, whether it's a punk rock show, a heavy metal show, a hip hop show, an EDM festival. If you see people around you fall or they need help, pick them up, help them out and bring it to the attention of those that are working at the event. And I've seen everything, all of those, everything in between. And never have I ever experienced where something like that happens, whether somebody passes out or they get injured and people just carry on and and don't care. And that to me is the most alarming part and really the most disheartening and quite frankly disgusting and horrifying thing about about all of this really exactly personal accountability is super important when going to a show you know and looking out for your fellow concert goers and just being there and just following that you know code of conduct is super important but then when you see something like this you it really says a lot about the people that go to these shows who See the mentality. I just don't exactly, understand exactly. how you could see another human being. Exactly. And just not care about their welfare. Exactly. Exactly. And once again, you know, the the performer, him or herself can do, say, do whatever. But again, you know, that what they're doing is not something that you have to do or something that you have to abide by you know you have to be responsible and you have to you know just keep that level-headed mindset when you go to a show so i know i just discussed live nation's fault in this and i just discussed the fans fault in this and now to leave it off my thoughts about travis scott and how he handled this situation quite a few things to say about this the first thing that i'll say is as i said earlier that the red flags were already in place so he should have been alert to that he should have been notified because that happened early in the day by the time that he took stage the temperature of people's emotions and what was going on he should have already been privy to that but then you have him performing his set and he might not be able to hear these people because like i said devil's advocate he has his in-ears he's listening to the track playing he cannot hear these people screaming and crying for help but he can see the volume and the mass of people and with that I've been to plenty of shows, plenty of festivals and warp tours and you name it. And when crowds get like that crushed like sardines, it's usually the lead singer or somebody up on stage that takes the initiative to say, excuse me, everybody, I know that you're really excited and I know everybody wants to have a good time tonight, but I need you guys to really just take the time to take a couple steps back can everybody take a couple steps back and usually what happens is they listen to the person that is instructing them whether that be the lead singer or somebody up there and they take the steps back and that way people can breathe 
and people aren't sardines and on top of each other and completely crushed. So I've seen that. I've been a part of that. It's possible. Don't tell me that it's not possible when I've experienced that. Because I've been in situations where I couldn't move my arms and I'm completely enclosed in everybody around me. And once again, he can't hear, but he has eyes and he can see how many people are enclosed in this space together. So he could have took that initiative. Then throughout his set, he had to stop. It was reported three times throughout the set because people were getting injured and you had the ambulances come in to carry them out. If you have to stop your set three times, how many times, honestly, Eric, does it take to really set in like, you know what, a lot of people are getting hurt out there. To me, three times is three too many. That's exactly what I was saying, you know, and because this is somebody, once again, who has a history of doing this, you would think that something would have gone off in his head to let him know, you know what, maybe I should learn from my past mistakes and try to have things be different this time. And the fact that that just did not happen is infuriating. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that goes right into my next point of, yes, he can't physically make anybody do anything, but he did incite these riots. And he has that history, and I know he's been trying to erase that on social media and everything, but it's too late because it's been going on for years. You have other shows that are documented with people that have either passed away or have gotten severely injured who can, their loved ones or themselves can account to this. And then on top of that, you have social media where you can see things that he's tweeted, things that he's posted about getting his fans amped up and wanting them to rage. And there's videos out there prior to the festival of them, quote unquote, not going hard enough and then manipulating the situation for his fans to escalate things even further and completely disregarding everybody's safety in the process so there's that so no he can't physically make people do things but he definitely can set the tone of the event and he can definitely manipulate because I don't know if you've noticed I definitely took into account that these were this was a young crowd we're talking either millennials or gen z but this was a young crowd especially the teenagers, people in their early 20s that are very vulnerable to following the person that they're going to see. Exactly. And you cannot tell me that he's not aware of the influence that he has over his fans. So there's that. And the last point that I want to make with the event itself and how it was handled is that by 938, it was declared a mass casualty event. That means that at some point, somebody had to have gone over to him to alert him of that. The fact that he still continued his set and played his set in full, completely just disregarding that, I mean, even the biggest Travis Scott fan can't deny. How do you explain that behavior? How do you explain that decision? Really? How? How? 
there's there's simply no defending something like that. No matter how loyal you are to him, no matter how much you love the guy, there are there are just some things that you do not do or you do not ignore. And this is one of them. And then you have the aftermath of him doing that quick little quote-unquote acknowledgement apology not really an apology so that was that instagram clip where he's touching his face and it's in black and white to make it seem like super serious and sad and people definitely weren't buying that and then you have a month later his interview his sit-down interview with charlemagne which was a big deal because he really doesn't do interviews like that and he refused to take any accountability for what took place. Am I saying that this is completely 100% on his shoulders? No. But at the same time, he's the creator, the founder of the festival. His name is at the top of the bill. He's the one who's getting paid the most. You better believe that a good chunk of this falls on him. His fans can just point to Live Nation or point to other people, quote unquote, ruining it for everybody else. But really, at the end of the day, he has to take all those things into consideration because he's the host of the event. So by him organizing the event and founding the event and his name being on the bill, on the top of the bill, whether you like it or not, the fact of the matter is that he has to take accountability for what has gone on, at least to a certain extent. And I believe he tried or did pay for the funerals of some of the people who had died, no? I'm glad you mentioned that as well. See, so Eric, there is a loophole to all of this. He said that he was going to pay for the funerals for those who passed away. And he said that him in collaboration with BetterHelp was going to give anybody who attended the festival a month of free therapy because it was an extremely traumatic event. Now, the loophole with this, where this gets tricky, where you may be like, oh, well, that's the right thing to do. That's his way of stepping up. That's his way of trying to figure things out and owning up to the situation and trying to make right of what has gone on. But the thing is, some of the families, not all the families, but some of the families declined him paying for the funeral. And that's because... If he pays for the funeral, they can't come at him for suing him for what gone, what has gone on, for losing their loved one. Because at that point, he technically wouldn't be completely irresponsible because he did. He did. If you, know. you, if you accept any type of help mm-hmm. in that regard, then that's how te- it's a technicality. Exactly. Then that's how that's looked at. Exactly. He so, technically compensated them in a way, by paying for the funerals and by offering therapy. So you're right. That's a legal technicality that not necessarily gets him off the hook, but, you know, uh, cushions the blow a little bit. Helps ease his situation. Yeah, it cushions the blow a little bit. So, Eric, before we completely wrap up here, do you have any final thoughts of what you would like to say? I'll honestly just circle back to what I said in the beginning. Um... I truly hope that this is an example for future artists and for future concertgoers and for future event organizers and promoters. You this know? is a major wake-up call. Yes, 
For the artists, I hope it's a huge wake-up call, and I hope that they learn from it. So, Because, you know, artists have to be aware of the influence and power that they have with the platform that they have. For the concert goers, I really hope that, again, this is a lesson for them to be responsible and to look out for each other when going to that concert. You know, you. the goal is to get to the concert safely, to have fun safely while you're there, and to get back home safely. And while you're there, it falls on everybody to look out for one another. And as for the promoters, same thing. You know, you have people who are under your care. You know, from the minute they get there, get get there to the moment they leave, they're under your care, and you have to do everything in your power to make sure that you run a smooth ship and that you know everybody is fine. So, everybody involved needs to do better. Exactly, everybody. And I think you know, if if anything, that is one take home message that we can offer to our listeners to. You know, we all love music. We're all fans of music. We all love going to shows. We're all passionate about it. So. But nobody should have to die. Exactly. Going to see somebody they love perform. Exactly. So the take home advice is to just be responsible. Look out for each other when you go to shows. Take care of each other out there. Exactly. And have the same considerations for others that you would like them to have for you. Because it's it's a two way street. You know, that's that's how this works. And one last time, I would just like to acknowledge the victims here. Nine-year-old Ezra Blount, 14-year-old John Hilgert, 16-year-old Brianna Rodriguez, 20-year-old Jacob Jernick, 21-year-old Franco Patino, 21-year-old Axel Acosta, 22-year-old Bahardi Shahani, 23-year-old Rodolfo Pina, a.k.a. Rudy, 23-year-old Madison Dubitsky, and 27-year-old Danish Bag. May they all rest in peace. Yes, God bless them all and God bless their families. Eric, do you think there's any way that Travis Scott can come back from this? Oh, man. Career-wise. Career-wise, I I don't know. It's, I really don't know because it's just such a different, you know, accountability is just such a different thing nowadays than it used to be. And so, in my opinion, this really could go either way. You know, uh, am I saying that I want him to suffer? No, I don't, because you don't gain anything from doing that. We want him to learn. Yes, absolutely. We We want want him to to acknowledge what has taken place, and we want him to learn from it, grow from it, and to do better. And that includes Live Nation, that includes his fan base, that includes everybody that was a spectator of this event do better exactly and do i think his career can come back from this i can't tell but do i think he can be doing much better to you know make up for what he's done absolutely and with that you guys we are going to leave this open discussion for you we really want to hear what you have to say about this whether you're a massive fan casual fan not a fan at all especially too if you guys were there if anybody was there we want to hear firsthand your account of all the events we want to know how you feel about the festival itself how it was handled the aftermath and ultimately we want to know you guys do you think that travis scott's career can still thrive after this that is uh 
That's a loaded question. That is a loaded question. But with that being said, we want to know how you guys feel and we want to know your reaction to all of this. So please head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And we'll see you in the next one.